This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Last night at the convention, this was the highlight. Help make history and volunteer because this race is... Help make history and volunteer because this race is going to be won on the ground. And it's going to be won in Colorado and in Iowa and North Carolina and Michigan and Florida and Pennsylvania. And then we're going to the White House. Yeah, he didn't do the Dean scream. Why? Because experts say it never happened. We've got some great fun coverage begins right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So we're talking before we go on the air about the uh, convention last night. We have a lot to say. It was Jeffy's night to watch. Yes, it was. Did you watch it? I did. Did you watch all of it? I did. Wow. Bill was looking a little old. And- I thought Bill was great. Did you? I love Bill Clinton. Bill, Bill, I do. Come on. Oh, on earth did you I, think that was a great speech? I, oh, my gosh. He just rambled on about every time rambled. Met. No, that's right. He told the story of of he told Hillary it, and first of all, horribly. He told the story of how he met and fell in love with. Okay, Hillary. did Shouldn't you give Jeffy a night? Did this you is see? Did you see <laughs> what Rachel Maddow said about that speech? No, she said that it was offensive. That's the first half of it offensive, Why? and she thought that's... it was rude. What? Why? Why? Yeah, because she said if you thought this was going to be a feminist convention you were sorely mistaken first of all i don't I, think I it, she think said it was going to be a yeah, so she <laughs> said she said listen to this when he starts in on this woman that he had uh, affections for huh. and that he started to date he said the the last guy that should be talking mysteriously about a woman he's attracted to is Bill Clinton. Well, that's probably there, true. There is I, one line. He did have the one line where he said uh, uh, I had a new goal in mind. And I mean, the world knew what Bill was. <laughs> it right. wasn't just uh, yeah. go out to dinner and try yeah. to uh, have conversations. Right. And so uh, it, she said that it was offensive because it was all about her supporting him for the first half. Well, and it was also Rachel Maddow. But her, it's Rachel but Maddow. The point was is that she was a loving mother. Yes. She looked after everybody. Right. She put her career on hold. Mm-hmm. And she that's the Hillary that you don't know. That right. you think you know, but you don't know. And you just made that point in ten seconds. It took him over an hour. That's it was unbearable. Little, no, if you're watching as somebody who likes the Clintons, yeah. 
No, you you can see that. there was one line oh. in his speech where he said, you know, they went to, to drop Chelsea off at school and um, and he sounded just like every father. And he said, she, you know, I was standing there looking out the window, trying not to cry. And uh, and he said, and Hillary finally wow. ran out of drawers to put that stupid paper in the bottom. Right. That's every guy. Right. Every guy, every guy has stood there with his wife as she's put the paper, the liner, in the drawers. And Chelsea looked at yeah. me and said, it's time to go. Dad, Mom, it's time for you to go. Right. And that was very humanizing. Very, very human. He's great at humanizing. I, I, I obviously agree that he, the they went to him and said, or he decided what his vibe was, I'm going to go and make her into a human being. Well, that was the night. It was definitely, that was the entire night. It was definitely her, his goal there. I just thought, I mean, he rambled on and told way too many details about way oh, too many I meaningless agree. events. It took him forever. I mean, I just tuned out. Again, like that was the speech I was oh, looking, wanting to see. And about 15 minutes in, I was just I, I couldn't I focus on it. because he had to communicate. Oh, he had he had oh, to gloss. He's lost really, he's, he's really lost, lost the it. power, and he's the, lost it. Yeah, he yeah I mean, look, this happens. I mean, he's you know yeah, he's getting he's older, and it, 106. It, it, yeah, but uh, I mean, at one point, he was, because we're about 100. He had, he had to gloss over. I know. A lot. He had to gloss over, and you know. Revise a lot of thinking throughout those years. It was the most great. Oh well, well, and we got to 1997, and then 2003. Right. Really, he really did say that. Yeah. He was like 2000, and that was 1997. We did this and this and this. Then uh, 2003. Oh, yeah. It was like <laughs> the most granular detail. Like he was telling, I went out to dinner with Hillary. Here are the recipes of the foods we ate. That was the, that was the beginning of it. And then it was from 1997 to 2003. Uh, just nothing. Didn't exist. We, had to, we had to skip the part with the fat chicks in the Oval Office. <laughs> yeah, we did. The part. And then the yeah, blue we dress. Did. We skipped it all. Well, you'd have to. And I mean, the impeachment. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to come out any of that. Yeah. But. I understand that, certainly. I just thought that, you know, Bill Clinton is known as this great communicator, uh, and telling the story about his relationship, you'd think he'd be really good at that. Instead, it was a rambling bunch of nonsense. Now, you can also, I think... He wrapped it up good, though. I didn't get to the end. I will be honest. I was watching the... Do we have that? I... Okay, I don't know. We have two sections of it. Okay. Yeah, he wrapped it up good. At the end with uh, uh, talking about, he pretty much told West Virginia coal miners, uh, look, if you, if you vote for Hillary, she's coming back for you, but we're closing you down. Uh, that's, the, that's the first clip. Uh, right? It I mean, really took off when I, I met and no. No, this is fell in love with that girl in the spring of 1971. When I was president, yeah. I worked hard to give you more peace and shared prosperity. To give you an America where nobody is invisible or counted out. But... For this time, Hillary is uniquely qualified to seize the opportunities and reduce the risk we face. And she is still the best darn change maker I have ever known. That was his story. I, I don't know why. She's the best darn change maker. Yeah, that was his theme. And I wish the she were making change. change maker. Yeah. I wish she were someplace just making change. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> Could you change? I need four quarters. I mean, she but, would know, be great at that. And we can get back to some of, some of Bill. But, you know, hey, history was made, right? History it was. was Again, history was made. History was made at the Democratic Convention. It doesn't That's feel not. like that big of a deal, does it? No, it doesn't. It might be just because she's been in our lives for so freaking long, and she was supposed to win in 2008. Right. 
Uh, it doesn't see, and we've had now what two because vice president female candidates on major party tickets. I, it it's not a big deal. People don't mind. I don't care if a company is run by a woman or not. No, I don't have a. I don't care if a comp, if a woman is president or not. I mean, as long as you pay her less, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, that's, women deserve equal pay. I mean, we've seen with Margaret Thatcher. I mean, you know. Women are good. Women can be fine. Right. You know, I mean, it's not like a big revelation. Whoa, wait a minute. A woman can do that job. It's not a big deal. I mean, no. it is because it's the first, but it, it's no big deal. It's also one of those things where it's, it's not that notable that she's just a nominee. Like, I mean, it is notable historically. Here's the right. first time it happened. But, I mean, she needs to win for it to truly be historical. Yes. Winning, the, winning, you know, a primary is great. However, it's not the end game. And she already was at a point where kind of Geraldine everyone Ferraro. thought she was going to win a primary. Ferraro's there. Palin was there yeah. uh, as female candidates as well. Not to mention there's been ma- other high-profile people, Carly Fiorina recently, who's, who ran and, and did pretty well. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that people uh, will look back. It doesn't feel like this momentous change in our course or anything like that. Um, you know, I mean, you know, with... With uh, with Obama, when he was the first African American presidential candidate, that, you know that got to the nomination. The only other, um, as I think Joe Biden had pointed out, the only other uh, candidates who had run who had been African American were not clean or articulate. I believe was his <laughs> phrasing. But I mean, they didn't have it. I mean, Jesse Jackson had a little bit of a run. Al Sharpton never really did. You know, he was the first one that even really had a chance, seemingly, to get that high. Uh, where Hillary Clinton herself, I mean, you know, eight years ago, was supposed to win. She completely choked the nomination. But she, I mean, she was the overwhelming favorite going into the process um, and could not win. So now that she wins now against essentially nobody in a race that she had, that dragged on far longer than anyone expected, uh, you know, it was kind of, it's a little bit anticlimactic, I guess, on on that level. Such a flawed candidate. She's not good. Such a flawed candidate. She's getting stomped on now. I saw the latest poll. I saw seven points up seven. by Trump. Yeah. Seven points by Trump. What, what, what was the pollster? Do you know? uh, it was a good one. I'll have to look. Uh, it's, of course, as you would imagine, on the Drudge Report. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, <laughs> stunningly, Drudge found it very fascinating that he's up by seven. This is, this so here, is here's the last convention. It is LA uh, Times. Shock poll. <laughs> Shock poll. Trump jump to plus seven lead over Clinton. Yes. Uh, shockingly, uh, uh, the Drudge Report is featuring the poll he's doing best in. What a yeah, 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 yeah. Here, the always other, does. But again, what poll is that? The, the, uh, that is the L.A. Times poll. I believe that's a tracking poll. Um, but CNN has got Trump up three. CBS, Trump up one. The Economist, Clinton plus five. NBC News, Clinton plus one. Gravis, Trump plus two, and Rasmussen has Trump plus one right now. He's doing well. I mean, he did get that convention bounce. Convention bounce, but I mean... See what happens. Almost exactly predicted. the bounce as was predicted by the by historical bounces. Yeah. Mitt Romney, yeah. same um, bounce. Yeah, three or four points is almost exactly what he got. So the question is, does Hillary get what has historically happened when the second convention, right. which typically leads to a bounce back the other way, and then she would take the lead back? I will say, watching that convention last night, it didn't feel like a convention that would get you a bounce. I mean, it, it, I thought it was, t- I mean, what was Amy Klobuchar or whatever? You watched this, Jeffy. She was terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. But most of the, well, but they had the, they had the stars there. You didn't watch right? it. I mean, I, what stars? I what stars were there? watch on your night? Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth uh, Banks. Showed up two or three times. Elizabeth Banks. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean Elizabeth Banks. From she's in uh, Hunger Games. Games. Um, she's the As the I don't know crazy flamboyant yes. like uh, girl works who for the government. Works for the oh. government. Oh, it's kind of the friend of the uh, one who yes. holds the fishbowl. She does the fashion. That's mahogany. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know very well. Um, but I mean Elizabeth Banks also was in you know back to forty yes. year old virgin. She's been in a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, yes, and I know who she is. She's a. I mean, the show the difference in the in the the talent inequality uh, between yeah. these two parties. I mean, she's a throwaway, yeah. not prime time day two celebrity. We, we're like we're like peaking with Scott Baio, right? Over on the Republicans and uh, Tony Goldwyn, the guy that plays the president from uh, uh, Scandal, Scandal, shows up. Uh, you know, everybody that show. I'm sure, I'm sure, Pat, you've seen Scandal. Seen have you seen? <laughs> have you show. seen the video of from CNN of Susan Sarandon? No. Ooh. Oh my gosh! Oh man, is she not happy? Um, really? Just Google. I think it's up on the blaze, but just Google Susan Sarandon doesn't look happy. Um, and it's it's video that was caught by CNN, and she is sitting there as I think Bill Clinton is giving this uh, giving this uh, giving his speech last night, and she is just shaking her head in disgust. While everyone around her is cheering, she's wow. never Hillary. She, oh yeah, she's, she's oh yeah. I mean, I don't know who she's going to vote for because it's not going to be Trump, but she is definitely. She's got some deal with Hillary, and then they well, had, she thinks that Hillary should go to jail. Well, then she's right. <laughs> and that's one then of the few things I've ever agreed with Susan Sarandon on. Uh, Hillary should go to jail. Yes. <laughs> and then Stu's girl uh, showed up at the end to uh, Meryl Streep. Oh, did she really? Oh, my I didn't gosh. stick around that. Yeah, moment. she was there with her flag. Stu's girl? I Ooh. can't stand Meryl Streep. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, the most overrated actress in the history the of worst. acting. You Going back to Shakespeare. If watch her performance. Not say that. Did you see the ABBA movie? I did. You made me go see it. Oh, was that the? I made you go see it because it was the worst. Remember, right? you forced me to go see it at the movie theater <laughs> and I, I, for some punishment, right? Because it was the worst movie of all time. And it was one of the worst movies I've ever. Oh seen. Oh my gosh! I she, mean, she Invaders sucks. from Planet X better than that. Was that Mamma Mia? Oh yes. yes. Yeah. Did you see it? No. Oh, why would you see it unless oh, you were punished? Because everybody sits down at a meal and has a bite and says, "This I think is spoiled." Here, try some. Yeah. That's exactly what Mama Mia is. However, there's something really wrong with this. Watch it. <laughs> right. However, we all sit down at dinner and try a bite of our food. Why you went initially to Mama Mia is really the issue here, isn't it? Uh, no, I think I. I don't well, know why I went. Guy. I went to I the know. show. He's a yeah. Broadway guy. Yeah. I went to the Broadway show because everybody said you'll love it. And what I mean, we were. We were as a family, in, all of us went, and we were as a family looking at each other, mocking the show in the middle of the show. We couldn't, we couldn't believe how bad that show was. But then you, they made you a weren't, movie. You weren't kidnapped and put in the theater, right? No. Okay, no, you went no, in. I went. I, I, okay. It's one of the bigger financial mistakes I've made in my <laughs> life. Uh, and then for some reason, I don't even know why we saw the movie. I may have only seen it in a hotel or something. But that's even worse. I don't think I actually seen the whole thing. Look at these excuses. Look at the backtracking. Oh no, I, no, I blocked oh, no, it from yeah. my mind. I may have, I, I may have pay, paid for it as a joke to bring people to the. I don't know why I saw it, and I think it was in a in a hotel room. But oh my gosh, is it bad? 
It, it was. Yeah, and in Meryl Street. Who was the last is, one she was in, Jeffy? I'm just trying to think of the where she was being. Uh, the Ricky. Oh, yeah. The old rocker Ricky and, thing. Yeah. Ricky oh, and the broken down Flash oh, yeah, people. She played a rock star. And she's got a newer movie coming out where she's a singer again. Some kind of god. What? She's some kind of god awful singer in this movie, too. She's bad. The, the Democrats can have the presidency <laughs> for, for the next three terms, and we can just make her stop making movies. <laughs> All right, and now, and now this. Are you trying to sell your home? I, I know how tough it is. In fact, this is why realestateagentsitrust.com was started, because I know this. And honestly, I, I had a hard time selling my home. Um, and we shouldn't have. And we had agents that went through it, and we couldn't get away from one agent because of the contract. And it was just a nightmare. It was really a nightmare. And they couldn't sell our home. And their big idea was just blow up balloons, put them on the side of the road, and, you know, open house. And we did open house over after open house after open house. And it was like a circus. And I remember thinking at the time, it, if this is the way we're treated... How are how is everybody else treated? It's got to be horrible. If you want to stop with the excuses and you want to stop with stupid open houses and you want to sell your house as fast as you can and for the most amount of money, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Houses that have been sitting on the market for months are now sale, uh, selling and people are getting that burden off of their backs. I know how scary it is to sell your house and to think I'm not going to get the money I need or I'm moving, I got I can't afford two places. I got it. That's why this company is in existence. realestateagentsitrust.com. We have personally selected these agents that will work to earn your business every single day. They are people that listen to this show, they think like you do. You can trust them. They have the same kind of mentality. Look, I just want a fair deal. I want you to make money. I want to make money. And I want to make sure that the people who are moving into my house also get a good deal. Everybody has to win. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Take the for sale sign out and put the sold sign in your front yard and do it now. Get packing with realestateagentsitrust.com. The progressive movement is full of lies, and Americans continue to keep falling for the deception over and over again. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck helps us understand why. Liars, available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. We have one. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. 
Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glen and use the promo code glen. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash glen, casper.com slash glen. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, we do have to show one place last night uh, at the very end of Bill Clinton's speech where they moderated the poll. And, and, and listen, the crowd is a little hesitant to applaud mm-hmm. until he finishes. It's yeah. really interesting. When he just talks about the police, they don't applaud. Listen to this. If you're a Muslim and you love America and freedom and you hate terror, stay here and help us win and make a future together. I love the qualifiers you put on. I like that, that yes. If you're a Muslim and you love America and you hate terrorism, stay here. Stay here. here. And he's absolutely right. And yes. We all feel that we way. All feel absolutely. that way. Yes. If you're a young African American disillusioned and afraid, we saw in Dallas how great our police officers can be. Help us build a future where nobody's afraid to walk outside, including the people that wear blue to protect our future. Really good. This is the winning tact. Now, whether Hillary can do that... I don't know. I don't know. He knows how to do that. Though. Yeah. He's done they, it. They did that in the commercials and with the others yesterday. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, did they do it last night, those... Yeah, they all did that. And they had a cup. They had like three or four video montages that were tremendous. Just tremendous. I mean, they have the message. And it's honestly, we should talk about this when we come back. It's the message that we that I explain why it works in the new book Liars that comes out next week. It is the way the progressives use fear to win time and time again. The Glenn Beck program. program eric erickson of the resurgent.com uh and uh redstate.com is going to be joining us in about an hour from now i'm going to be at the red state gathering redstategathering.com uh when is that that's in denver august 11th and i'm i think i'm giving the keynote at that am i does anybody know or i'm just giving yeah i'm keynote speaker on the 12th uh, tickets and uh, schedule at redstategathering.com. Very interested to, to join him uh, and, uh, and the others at the Red State Gathering. We'll talk about that and the convention and how he sees everything shaking out uh, coming up in, in just a little while. Also, tonight at 5 o'clock, a very important chalkboard show. 
Tonight, we're going to tie things together like we used to in the old days with George Soros. This is very, very important that people watch this. Um, It is one of those shows that will open your eyes, and it's going to tie some things together that we have been laying out on chalkboard uh, for the last two years about uh, Vladimir Putin. And we're going to bring all of the facts together um, tonight and begin to outline what you really should be paying attention to. It's, it's amazing to me that the media in America is making the DNC hack um, either about red baiting. There's one source on Salon that wrote, wrote something and said, my gosh, this is the 1950s. Oh, let's be afraid of, of the communists. Well, yeah, you, you should be afraid of a foreign country that says the biggest error in the 20th century was the collapse of the Soviet Union. And a guy who has said, and the advisors around him, that he wants to collapse the United States of America. Yeah, you should be concerned about that. If he's hacking in and playing a role in our political um, uh, system, we should be concerned about that. Donald Trump's people have done the opposite and said, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. The Democrats are just using it as a scapegoat to say, hey, let's talk about that instead of the emails, which were horrible. You need to know what's really behind it. And saying Vladimir Putin is behind it is not nearly enough. You need to understand who's behind him. Who's behind all of this? We'll show you the evidence um, of, of, the, uh, of the bots that are being employed for this um, uh, race. Also, the sweatshops that are set up to make it look like they are supporters of the right and the Tea Party that Russia is doing. We'll show you the evidence that we have that they they are responsible, but more importantly, the words from the people around Putin on why they should be doing things like this. What is the real intent? How deeply are they involved? This is the conversation America should be having right now. And we'll, we'll give that to you uh, tonight at 5 o'clock. Don't miss it on the Blaze TV. You can subscribe for free. You can cancel tomorrow. Uh, you can watch just this one show, I think, for a buck. Uh, just sign up if you're not a member already at glenbeck.com. Very, very important show tonight at 5. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Howard Dean. Howard Dean came out last night and he did the Dean scream, but he left off the Dean scream. Now, we were talking about this off the air, and Stu brought up that there's a documentary that says the Dean scream never happened. Now, if you don't know what the Dean scream is, this is when he lost in 2008 in Iowa, right? And it, yes. Yeah, and he was expected to win, and he came out, and it was really awkward, and he said this. We're going to California and Texas and New York, and we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan, and then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! All right. Now, last yeah. night, 
last night he took the stage and he did this. Help make history and volunteer because this race is... Help make history and volunteer because this race is going to be won on the ground. And it's going to be won in Colorado and in Iowa and North Carolina and Michigan and Florida and Pennsylvania. And then we're going to the White House. Yeah. yeah. There is the Dean so screen. So at that time. So it shows that he must be embarrassed by it, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Stu says, well, there's this documentary that I haven't seen. Yes, so I, I, again, I have prefaced it with I yeah. had not seen it. Yeah. But yeah. it's from 538, and, and, I, uh, and they're a you know, reputable site, and they make really good mini-documentaries on kind of past historical political events. Um, and they had tweeted something about how uh, we're going to try to finally get rid of the myth of the Dean scream. Mm-hmm. And they had talked earlier, because came, this came out a few months ago, and I, mm-hmm. I just never, it never motivated me enough to click on it and actually watch it. Um, but it was talking about, too, how they had audio that kind of showed how it wasn't there or something. We so, watched him do it. Right. So yeah. here's it, – so it, it, they're not saying that the scream doesn't exist. What I've come to as, as I've been trying to catch up on this since our initial conversation is, one, the, I think the myth they're referring to is something we've discussed many times, which is a lot of people blame the failure of the Dean campaign on the scream. But the scream happened after he lost Iowa. He was right. the campaign was already mm-hmm. pretty much over at that point because he needed to win Iowa. That was the state he needed most. And so he lost and he lost big in Iowa. So it wasn't the screen. The screen may have put the final nail in the coffin, but he had already pretty much tanked and it was over. If you remember that campaign, he was leading by huge margins, huge margins. just a couple of weeks before he was Iowa. the first guy to really use the Internet. Yeah, he, yeah, that was one of his big credits. Yeah. And I remember learning that lesson, which I, of course, forgot when Donald Trump started running, which was you just don't know in politics. Mm-hmm. All the things that seem like they make all the sense in the world, all the data in the world. I remember the Dean thing being he had it. Yeah. I mean, he was abs- he was the darling of the media. He was up by 20 points in some of these states and it just died scream over. Right. I mean, it happens that fast. The other part, which is kind of interesting in the documentary that they go over, is the, the way the room was set up. And you've had situations like this. You might actually understand it. I guess the mic he had was one of those mics that didn't pick the crowd up at all. Mm-hmm. The crowd was in a very small room, mm-hmm. very packed in, and they tried, thinking they lost, trying to give the impression that we were still going on. They got the crowd super riled up and got them to be really loud. Mm-hmm. And he came up with all the energy, and that's why he was screaming all the states, trying to give the impression to the media, hey, we knew, you know, we're okay, we're going to keep going. Um, but the, the, the audio he was doing was not actually audible in the room. So they were screaming, having no idea what he was even saying, um, and it didn't pick up any of the audio to the room. So he's screaming to the room, which they can't hear because of the audio system, and the only people who could hear it was the TV networks who got a direct feed from the mic. So he's playing to the room, not thinking about TV, which is, again, his fault in this day and age. you got to know that stuff. But that's kind of why he was screaming and over-enunciating and being over-animated because the people in the room couldn't pick up what he was actually doing. So it's kind of an interesting... It's not that it didn't happen. It's not that it didn't happen. Because I have to tell you, I saw another story today, and I thought... Experts are saying the Dean scream didn't happen. I watched it. Right. 
these are the same audio experts who today I spent two and a half minutes of my life that I will never, ever get back. You want to share? I'm gonna, I want to share. Uh, look, this, I, think there's, I think this food is spoiled. Here, try some. <laughs> I, I spent two and a half minutes because I heard, I read this story, then I heard what I'm about to play to you. Then I went and I looked for the raw audio because I thought that can't be it. Because what they said was, now tell me you don't click on this story. An orangutan that can have a full-fledged conversation. Scientists and audio experts say that this orangutan can have a conversation with people. Like a human. Like a human in English. You have to, right? Okay? Wow. Right? That's a huge story. That's a huge story. We've taught an orangutan to speak. Listen. Hilda, she doesn't rely solely on her natural sounds to attract a person's attention, but instead she often mimics what are thought to be human vocalizations. Oh. Tilda appears to show speech-like patterns. <laughs> right, right, isn't that amazing? I mean, I got up this morning and my wife said, <laughs> and I said, honey, I... <laughs> What the hell? So I went and I listened. I listened to the raw video, the raw audio, not the edited stuff, for two and a half minutes because it was marked evidence orangutan can speak. (laughs) And it was all that. And, and, And the woman was like, peanut, peanut. Oh. It's not a conversation. <laughs> so there's no word that sounds like that. No. No, I mean. That was not a compelling audio. Right. No. So these are the same experts that are telling me the Dean scream didn't happen. <laughs> I got it. I, I got it. I don't know if they're the same experts. They're experts in different fields. <laughs> they're, both, they're both audio experts that are telling us that things happened or didn't happen that are not possible. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now this. Electricity blackouts, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, earthquakes, civil unrest, terrorist attacks. Woo! Sounds like a fun future, doesn't it? But there is hope. LBJ, are we doing next week more progressives? Because we're doing progressives this week. Yes. Based on the book Liars. Liars. Mm -hmm. And next week, we're doing uh, more uh, information on uh, the progressives. I think it's next week on, on LBJ. LBJ is the one who taught us not to be self-reliant. He's the one, when, when you really understand what the great society was and what it did, we went from 40 programs under FDR. We only had 40 federal programs. Yeah. To, to like 400. 390. Yeah. I mean, L, LBJ is the one who, who drove a few finishing nails into our coffin the final nails are being driven right now. But he's the one who really transformed America uh, and, and made us into people who just wanted to do what we wanted to do. It was the ultimate me society. My Patriot Supply would like to appeal to those people who say, I will do it. I will do it myself and I am responsible for myself and I will take care of my family. No matter what the problem is that comes our way, 
you know in your lifetime there's going to be something. There's going to, you might, God forbid, you lose a job. There's a, a, a tornado or a flood or something, a snowstorm that happens, and you don't have food. You just need three days' worth. God forbid you need more. You could lose a job, and you could need a, little, need a lot of food. And the pressure of having that food to take care of your family, that pressure that is on your shoulders, when it's lifted off your shoulders, it makes a huge difference. Four weeks of food now for over 50% off. Four weeks of food, only $99. You're saving $108. Four weeks of food now. Prepare. Save money at the same time. Limit two per caller, 800-200-7163. 800-200-7163. Or online at preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. 800-200-7163. Preparewithglenn.com. Mercury Museum presents Liars or Liberty, featuring thousands of artifacts from early America, World War II, pop culture, and more, all on display at the Mercury Studios in Las Colinas, Texas, August 5th through the 7th. Visit glennbeck.com slash liars or liberty for tickets and details. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Let's go to Brandon, South Carolina. I want you to defend what the orangutan is saying. Go ahead, go ahead Brandon. Yeah, good morning. Um, I was just calling to defend him. My girl's pediatrician said that by the time they're two, that uh, the general public should be able to understand 50% of what they're saying. And I'm sure if that monkey's at a zoo, he's probably able to reach out and, and communicate with half those people. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what the hell you're even talking about. So I, I, I personally think, Brandon, yeah, I, thank you, Brandon. I personally think he sounds a little like Arlen Specter. Listen to this again. Yeah, he does. Hilda, she doesn't rely solely on her natural sounds to attract a person's attention. Right. But instead, she often mimics what are thought to be human vocalizations. <laughs> I didn't leave the Republican Party. <laughs> the Republican Party left me. That's what you just said. Yeah. That's what you just said. Wow. So that's really good stuff. Yeah, it really does match up pretty well, Pat. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and she's so happy about it. She sounds yeah. like... Intro really is... No, she's like... No. She doesn't rely solely on her natural sounds to attract a person's attention. Right. But instead, she often instead. mimics what are thought instead. to be human vocalizations. She's like, but instead, you're expecting... <laughs> Tilda appears. <laughs> but instead, <laughs> she and you know she doesn't hear. It. You know, you know Come she on. cut that in some vocal booth, and then she went and she saw the package all edited together with the with Matilda or whatever her name is, and she's like. Come on, that doesn't sound anything like vocalizations from a human. <laughs> Just run it. Just run it. Just run it. Experts, you can't hear that? If we put a headline on it that experts say it's real, people are going to click on it. Just put it. And in. how many people will go, I don't hear that. But experts say. What experts say. Can we stop with the experts say, that doesn't sound anything like human vocalizations. <laughs> <laughs> 
There is no conversation there. Stop listening to the experts. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hello, America. In about a half hour, we will talking to uh, we'll talk to Eric Erickson uh, about a unique path to the presidency. Eric is uh, coming up in a few minutes. Also, our series on the history of progressivism, based on my new book Liars, that comes out next Tuesday. It is the roots of progressivism and how the progressives exploit our fears for power and control, and why we continue to believe the lies. Today, we're going to trace back progressivism to its evil roots. And I'm going to give you a spoiler. Germany's involved. We get into that dark history with more on our our series of progressive liars right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Everything has a beginning, including the philosophy of progressivism. And though progressive thoughts and ideas run rampant in our politics and culture today in the 21st century, progressivism isn't a new idea. In fact, the roots go back much further than even our founding. In my new book, Liars, we trace this history back, long before Obama or Clinton came to the scene, long before Lyndon Johnson covered America in his idea of the Great Society. Progressive thought preceded Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal, and its roots were planted even before Woodrow Wilson or Teddy Roosevelt came onto the scene of American politics. No, the genesis of progressive ideology can be traced back to the continent of Europe, hundreds of years ago, even before Karl Marx himself. To find the roots of progressivism, one has to go back to Germany, the Germany of the 1500s, and the Protestant Reformation against the Catholic Church brought on by Martin Luther. Was Martin Luther a progressive? No, hardly. But his ideas about man's relationship with God has morphed and metastasized over the past 500 years into something completely unrecognizable from what Luther originally thought. Justin Wheeler explains. A lot of the ideas around progressivism are rooted in the German Enlightenment era. Um, and it's really interesting to kind of look at how that, how that manifested. Certainly if you had uh, you know, had the opportunity to be back and talk to Martin Luther or talk to Nietzsche, they would not have referred to themselves as progressive. This is a modern appellation we have uh, piled on top of, of their form of thought. Um, 
certainly most of these men were deeply religious in one form or another. Many modern progressives are not uh, in a specific way. So, uh, But in terms of understanding the philosophy, sort of how the, the, the thinking around uh, who human beings were, what their relationship was to God, what their relationship was to each other, really looking at the German Enlightenment period is quite an interesting uh, you know, place to kind of start. So how did Martin Luther's declaration that man could have a personal relationship with God instead of enlisting an official they could go between start the ball rolling down the hill towards progressivism that we know today? What ended up being the philosophical roots that, that laid the groundwork so that progressivism as we know it today or as we might understand it today could take hold and you know, start to become the, the primary mode of, of human beings to inter- intercourse with each other, form governments, uh, and things like that. So I, I think starting with uh, Martin Luther and the Reformation movement is kind of an interesting place to start because you can see a clear change in um, man and his, his relationship to God as opposed to man's relationship to God being through a, a papal leader, man's relationship to God could become personal, and that started with Martin Luther and the Reformation. Our roundtable continued. But without the, the Protestant Reformation, there wasn't enough opportunity for people to even propose philosophies that were around the idea of man can have a personal relationship to God, or God doesn't have to be the almighty God up in heaven sitting on a throne that's from the Bible. God can be society, yeah. and that is you know, what God manifested. Because I do think of the Reformation as a time when freedom and responsibility you know, when you distribute that into the hands of the common people and out of the hands of the, the hierarchy of the church Absolutely. in those days, that really is the, the opportunity for freedom and responsibility in the same way it's the opportunity for all, all manner of what goes wrong with human beings. While Martin Luther took the religious path in Germany, making it known that mankind could have a personal relationship with God, it was no more than two centuries later in the late 1700s when another German, a university professor named George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, would use his disbelief in God to better humanity. Friedrich's views on God were shaped at a very young age, and he never looked back on this disbelief. Hegel, in his uh, childhood, uh, had a you know, terribly traumatic experience where um, his uh, uh, epidemic had come through uh, his part of Germany. It was really just influenza, um, but his entire family was afflicted. He was a very young boy. He was feverish. Uh, He woke up in bed. Um, He yelled out for his mother. She didn't respond. He yelled out again. She didn't respond. He started wandering through the house looking for her, you know, dizzy, holding himself up against the wall. He wanders into her room and finds her dead in her bed with her, the, the father laying next to her. He thinks he's also dead. He touched his father's cheek expecting the same coldness from the grayish skin. But as he touched him, his father stirred with a slight moan. George William Friedrich Hegel's father was still alive, and so was he. Thirteen years old, he sank his head into the blanket, relief overwhelming him. He and his father had both survived the fever, but barely. His relief soon gave way to anger, however. Why? Why had God abandoned them? The priest had put a blessing on their house. George prayed every single day, pleading with God to spare his family. But God hadn't listened. Or maybe had listened, but couldn't do anything about it. Either way, it didn't matter. George decided then and there that no other family should ever have to go through that. If God couldn't help, then he would. 
While America's experiment with personal freedom was hitting its stride by implementing God's law, Europe was dealing with its own revolutionary wave. French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte was marching through Europe when a man who would become known as the father of progressivism, Professor Hegel, took notice of Bonaparte the Conqueror. Hegel believed that the history of mankind was the story of man becoming more and more rational and achieving consciousness to perfect humanity. All that was needed was a government that tamed the impulses of human nature for the greater good. This was Hegel's revolutionary idea of progress. Like many progressives who followed in his wake, Hegel also dabbled in race theory to explain why some societies seemed to progress better or faster than others. The German nations, he wrote, were the first to achieve consciousness. 22 inferior genes, he believed, were the only way to explain why other parts of the world remained economically backward. Hegel concluded that the world now stood at one of the most advanced stages of human history and that experts and knowledgeable persons should rule with the most perfect government and unlimited authority over the individual. Through the state and its rulers in Hegel's philosophy of history, man essentially became God on earth. This was the foundational principle of what eventually became known as progressivism. Another name from the Enlightenment period is Immanuel Kant, another philosopher from Germany. Immanuel Kant, one of his primary um, philosophies, especially as it ended up being applied to politics, although he himself said he was never certain that this should be applied to politics because he didn't know if it was possible. But it was the idea of the perfectibility of man, in particular when applied to politics, Mm. the idea of perpetual or permanent peace that it could and potentially should be something that would be achieved. Wheeler continued. He even said, now I'm not sure that this is possible because I'm not sure man is perfectible, but he should be. If he's not, we're missing something. And, uh, you know, it, the, the uh, next evolution of that was Nietzsche. Nietzsche found the thing that was preventing us from moving to that next level and finding the perfectibility of man, and that was God. Frederick Nietzsche, the man who coined the phrase, God is dead, also from Germany. But when achieving perfection on earth proves to be impossible, that heaven is only in the afterlife, and the people themselves are considered to be the obstacle, the next step is to implement one's vision of utopia by force. Glenn Beck. This is an amazing, um, this, some of this audio comes from a, a, a series that we're going to be making available through Amazon.com. When you buy the book, um, you'll be able to have access um, to five hours of conversation on uh, what progressivism is and how it came about. More importantly, two behavioral scientists on how it works and what you need to do to fight it. Um, but up on the chalkboard is if you were watching this on TV, you saw um, some of that during some of that interview, a quote um, that uh, comes from a, a very famous progressive that said, better guilt, better guilt than the terrible burden of freedom and responsibility. It's it's crazy what's happening. And if you really understand, and this is in the new book, Liars, and I urge you, please, I'm, I'm, 
there are there are three books that I want to write um, before I I finish my days here, um, and this is one of them um, because I think there are important things that need to be said or that I that I can say um, from a different perspective, and this is one of them. And you know, if you're a longtime listener of this program, I have said to you, clay pots. I thought that meant that I was supposed to collect pieces of American history and put them in clay pots and preserve them and make sure that they don't fall into hands that will destroy them or that will uh, bury them. Kind of like the Dead Sea Scrolls, protect this information in clay pots. I believe we're now in that place, and that's why we're doing the History Museum next week, so you can see the things in history that changed us and shaped us, good and bad. Um, But I am growing more and more aware that the clay pots that we're supposed to keep this history in is our kids. And this history, the things that we talk about in this book, if things continue to play out the way they are playing out, you're not going to be able to share. This history will be lost. Any of the dark sides of history, anything that disagrees with the state will be lost. And while I, I know the convenience because I buy almost all my books on Kindle, um, and so I, you know, I buy everything through Amazon, uh, I will tell you hardcovers are really important for certain books, especially regarding history. You need to have the hardcover. Um, because it's too easy just to erase history if everything is digital. Uh, And this hardcover comes out next Tuesday. You can pre-order now at Amazon.com. By the way, you can also order through us tonight. We have a live signing. The live signing. 8 o'clock Eastern. And you guys are doing that with me. Correct. Yeah, we're hosting yes. it, uh, and they, you know, people can ask you questions about the book. And is this on Facebook, or is this on be, The Blaze? What is this on? Go to glennbeck.com slash liars, mm-hmm. okay. and uh, you'll hook you up with the link right there. Okay, and, uh, and you can ask questions? Ask questions. If you buy the book, you, you will also call you. Uh, we're going to be calling a few people, a few, okay. few lucky, lucky. Or unlucky, <laughs> or unlucky. So who's watching the convention tonight? That's my uh, night. That's my night. So I would say that uh, I think night. Pat has to watch it in the office. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I can't. I don't get that channel. In my no, office. it's my office, and I've I got three televisions, so I can get. Either, so. I've got three, ah, I got three channels it. that will cover it. It's popped into my head earlier today that Pat may have made the most brilliant pick by yes. right. the night that we're already working anyway. Right. Exactly. Um, which except, is smart. Except However, there's no way we're going to be watching the convention while we're doing this other thing. Oh, you think, have to. I think what we do is we talk about the book stuff and we keep throwing it to you for updates. So you're yeah, yeah, you're in real time. You're constantly giving. Yes, I think that's how it's going to work. It's Glenbeck.com slash liars. (laughs) Grab it. uh, And tonight I will sign uh, your copy and uh, and we'll send it off to you. And that's uh, tonight. Only Glenbeck.com slash liars. Sign up for it right now. And now this. When you when you hire somebody. You're looking for the right person. You're looking for somebody that has the values you believe in, the positive attitude that you want to spread through your company, the work ethic that you need for your company to succeed. Who you hire is really important. But if you're like me, we are, um, 
think I saw yesterday in one of my management meetings that I was trying so desperately to sleep through, um, 37 openings uh, here that we have to fill. When you're looking for employees and you're a small business like we are, it is really hard to find. We hire slow um, to make sure we get the right person in. And it's hard because you can go through all kinds of stuff. And then if you're in a small business and you're, you know, overtaxed, who's going to do all that? You don't necessarily have HR. Who's going to look for them? Who's going to vet them? Who's going to finally bring them in and then train them? Who's going to do all of the work of just writing the ads and placing the ads? ZipRecruiter can help you. ZipRecruiter.com will post to 100 plus job sites including the social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, with a single click. You can find candidates in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once, and then they roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. And this is what makes it great. You already have access to 6 million resumes, and you can sort them any way you want. But then the ones that come in specifically for you... This interface allows you to screen through them, collect them in the way that you want to, and then do everything through this so you don't have to have emails coming to you directly. You don't have to juggle the phone calls and everything else. Right now, post jobs on ZipRecruiter absolutely free. They want you to, they believe in the product. They know if you just post them, they know and see what they have to offer. You're going to want this for your company. Over 800,000 businesses, including ours, already use ZipRecruiter. Use it for free. Try it out for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Mercury. program welcome to the program glad you uh, are here did jeffy did you did you feel the um uh the overall message now did you watch it as you and then watch it like i did as I, somebody I, who's just kind of casually paying attention to politics well, i tried to watch it more as like a, a member of a, a jury where everything i have to say okay well that's i get that that's fine but what okay. is everybody else looking at what was like the process? overall feeling that you left there with well i mean the, whole, <laughs> the feeling that i left with yeah the, was, okay start with God, the feeling that over. you left. yes okay <laughs> okay that was right. 11 o'clock at night was it as radical as you thought it would be last night talking um, about the convention? oh yeah I mean, they really pushed the, uh, they were celebrating, it was the 26th anniversary, by the way, of the Americans with Disability Act. Mm -hmm. So we really, that was what it was all about. Uh, Mm -hmm. Women, American with Disabilities Act, um, it started that way. And I had never seen, I mean, the whole thing from start to finish, that whole roll call where each state has to do their little, their little funny little quip Uh and uh, tell their numbers and then... I didn't think that was ever going to end. <laughs> it was already a done deal. Just tell me the numbers. 
Just tell me the numbers. And uh, what's her face from Baltimore? Uh, the mayor was the one that's in charge. Stephanie Rawlings. Mm-hmm. Who we became uh, known during the Baltimore riots. Mm-hmm. She's all happy, happy, taking the numbers. Mm-hmm. Democratic roll call. It's nice to see you out there, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. The whole thing, we have. Uh, we can still get into a little bit of the Black Lives Matter stuff with the mother. Yeah, mothers. play a little bit of the Black Lives Matter here. The mother's movement, they came, they came out after a Hillary montage of meeting all these mothers. And they, were, they fell in love with Hillary. It was only supposed to be a quick 30-minute meeting. And it ended up being two hours. And she prayed with us. And it was Hillary who came up with the idea that you should do the, go out and speak together. Yeah. And then the end of the montage and out comes, they're all on stage. And they all chant. And then we hear this. So they chant Black Lives Matter, and then the mothers uh, begin speaking about their children. Yes, they do. Uh, many of whom were not killed by police officers. Were killed by one guy was killed and is in jail for ninety nine years. Right. Yeah. What I mean, what else do you want? I, I, Sounds like justice was done. That sure does. But he was killed by a white guy. And that white but, guy but, did get ninety plus years in. Prison. Yeah, I mean, it didn't walk away with it. I, Correct. I don't know what the. I don't know. It was frustrating. Yeah. Well. We have Eric Erickson. Love to get his view on what happened last night. Also, we'll talk about the Red State Gathering and so much more. The Glenn Beck Program. I sent an article that I found from uh, AP uh, yesterday. Uh, According to a new CNN poll, uh, Ted Cruz, his popularity among Republicans sharply dipped after the convention. Uh, His overall popularity, however, stayed exactly the same as before. Now, wait a minute. Listen to this. His his percentage of the GOP, his support went from 66% of Republicans to 33%. So how could he cut it in half and yet remain popular? Because independence, his support through independence has grown just as much as he lost GOP. So his base has gotten wider and stronger. Isn't that exactly is, what many Republicans will either forget about this or forgive him for it once Trump loses in the biggest landslide in history? If he does. If, 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 if he, he does. does. If he does. All right now. We don't know. We don't know. But you're right. If that happens, a lot of people are going to be saying they align with Cruz that are not saying it right now. Yep. Right? You know. Yep. History likes a winner. And a lot of people who are never Cruz now or never Trump now, if Donald Trump wins, that before he does anything, will be willing to give him a Nobel Peace Prize and say, I was never, never Trump. People like a winner, and we'll see what happens. Um, but we have some audio that is really stunning coming up in just a minute from the convention and the, uh, and the media. 
coming up in a minute. Right now, we have Eric Erickson on the uh, on the phone with us. Uh, Eric Erickson, you probably know him from the uh, Resurgent.com and RedState.com. He is putting together Red State Gathering, uh, which is happening uh, in Colorado August 12th through the 14th. I'll be the keynote speaker on the night of the 12th. And you can get tickets and the schedule of events and everybody who's going to be there at redstategathering.com. Welcome to the program, Eric. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, Always good to have you on. Uh, We have found out who the people really are who believe in the Constitution and believe in principles and 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 who's and just been... a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot of us. You wrote an interesting article last week where it kind of sounded like you were saying, OK, I'm done. I've said my piece about Donald Trump. I've said my piece about the GOP and I'm done with it. Is, is that right? Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, I, I felt very strongly like I had an obligation since February to, to point out that Trump's going to be a, a disaster in the election, that the Republicans are handing everything over to Hillary Clinton, and that they could stop it if they wanted to, that they had no desire to fight, no desire to stop it. And so, yeah, and I, I'm kind of done with them at this point, uh, continuing to point out the ridiculousness, for example, of Trump still refusing to release his taxes, despite saying he would. Uh, but uh, otherwise, you know, they've made their bed. Now they've got to lay in it. Are you are you the one who said that? Um, no, it was George Will who came out. I think yesterday and said the reason why he thinks Trump is not releasing his track uh, his taxes is because he's doing business with with Russian oligarchs. Did you but see that? That would not surprise me. Uh, my personal theory is that. It's going to turn out that Trump doesn't have nearly the amount of money he says he does, and people are going to start questioning mm-hmm. where he's getting the money from to personally fund his campaign, which, I mean, mm-hmm. if you start looking into that, it causes him all sorts of problems, because is he using his corporation as his piggy bank? Well, if so, the people suing his corporation can sue him personally instead. Uh, he's got all sorts of problems, I think, if he releases his taxes. He's clearly hiding something. Uh, but I, I am with George Will that I think this Russian story is very, very significant. Oh, the fact huge. that he came out yesterday and, and said he, that he has no investments in Russia at all, zero, well, that's not the question. Not what do the Russians have invested in him? Yeah, and I don't believe that's true. He's working with Vladimir Putin on some sort of a, a hotel or a right. resort or something. So. Uh, whether he has any personal money in it, he does have interest in Russia. He says he doesn't. I mean, he said he has no dealings with these people at all. I mean, not that that means anything or is any value to this. We're going to be la- we're going to be laying some things out, not about Donald Trump, but about Russia uh, tonight. We're going in pretty deep on uh, what is Russia doing uh, with the DNC? How is this happening and who's really behind it? It's much bigger than just Vladimir Putin. And it ties in about two years of our work and our chalkboards tonight at five o'clock. You don't, you really don't want to miss that. So Eric, what is, um, what is the, what's your personal solution? What, what should people do now? I mean, have you been watching the Democrats? <laughs> yes. The, the, the hate America 2016 revival that they're having in <laughs> Philadelphia, um, except, ex- except it's not being presented as that at least, Monday night, I thought, was presented in such a way. I mean, it's full-fledged Marxism. Right. But if you look at the packaging, it's all about 
love America and we don't need to be great because we're already the greatest country and, and we've got to love the people who hate us. I mean, it's an amazing display of packaging. It really is. Um, you know, I, I think the Republicans always have the better stage and the Democrats have the better packaging overall when it yeah. comes to these conventions. Uh, the Republicans gave the, this doom and gloom picture and the Democrats are trying to give this this bright, Hopefully. rosy picture. But, I mean, when they've, they've got illegal aliens on stage celebrating them being illegal and, and people on stage trying to justify shooting the police officers. That didn't happen in prime time, but it happened. Uh, I The downside is that the media is not going to report any of this stuff, and so if you're not watching the convention, you're not going to know about it. You're going to see Bill Clinton giving his all shuck speech and Michelle Obama saying Hillary's going to make America great again. So what happens? I mean, because honestly, I tried to watch it. I watched it as me and my head was going to explode. <laughs> Because it is, I mean, it's it's a horror show constitutionally, um, and it 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 is total destruction of everything that we hold dear and the embrace of everything we oppose as a nation. However, I watched it also as somebody who's not really paying attention to politics, doesn't really know what even progressivism is, um, and isn't afraid of socialism or Marxism. You know, basically the right. the average person and. To me, if you're watching it from the average person point of view, they've got the they've got the message of hope and love mm-hmm. and charity, and that's the people I want to be. Well, listen, Trump got a post-convention bounce from the Republican convention. Hillary's going to get one this week, and that's probably going to put her back in the lead, and she's probably going to stay there. Um, he's going to have to be super negative on her, and, and now she can use against him the taxes. Um, what's he hiding there to raise suspicions? It, either way, I think it ends badly for Americans this year. I yeah, decided yeah. I'm writing in Peyton Manning just because I want to vote for <laughs> someone I actually like and, and think is a good moral person, and neither major party has decided to put up someone who fits that bill. Have you seen <laughs> Have you seen Gary Johnson's new ad? I have not. It's a really, really effective ad. Although I don't know what the libertarians are doing. Why is it everyone is reaching out to the Marxist and no one is reaching out to the disenfranchised constitutionalist? I've had this long-term theory that the the libertarians are like the dog that really doesn't want to catch the car. Uh, They they like to have a candidate and they like to ruffle feathers, but it doesn't seem to me the libertarians have ever really wanted to win. They kind of like to be the guys who stay on the outside throwing rocks. Um, Maybe that'll change. I mean, give Gary Johnson credit. He's more qualified than either of the major party nominees this year. Oh, yeah, he is. But it's, it's amazing to me. They're doing 12 points. Right now, 12 points. Three more points, and they can be included in the debate. Right. And it's not that hard to scoop up those three points. But they're just, they're unwilling to do it. For instance, they will not accept an invitation to come on this show. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've we outwardly invited them on here and on Pat and Stu multiple times. And I mean, to get a response from the campaign, it's like it's like we're I mean, I don't even know how you do it. I don't know if it's possible, but it does not seem to be possible to get responses. from. Explain your I'd like to hear Eric's point of view on the theory, the Mitt Mitt Romney theory. Okay, and Mitt Romney is one of the candidates. But the theory being that uh, you the, the, the argument against a third party candidate, including Johnson, is a lot of people in this audience would say, wait a minute, you're going to take votes away from Trump and then Clinton's going to win and then she's going to win the White House. And I don't want that to happen. So this way, we're calling it bailout 2016. 
is an election bailout. We run a candidate, a conservative candidate, in a few deep red states that Hillary Clinton has basically no chance of winning. Um, and that way, we're not taking, we're not giving Hillary Clinton any states that she would, she would norm, you know, she would not get any states she would not be able to get now. Um, and we, you really only concentrate on those three states. Right. Like, for, for instance, yeah. Wyoming, Utah, and Idaho. Idaho are the, the top three that I picked. They're deep red states. Romney won them by, you know, dozens of uh, percent of vote. Um, Cruz won them in uh, the primary, so they're not friendly Trump states. Um, and they're, they're generally inexpensive media markets. You could run a campaign fairly cheaply there. Um, and the idea is you go there and you don't try to win 270 votes. You don't take any votes from Donald Trump in a state, in a purple state like Florida. You don't take any votes from him. Only states that it's going to be between Trump and our candidate would be the battle. Therefore, you say you get to between 13 and 35 electoral votes is what we've mapped out. That would mean that if Trump would have typically won in a normal situation, a one-on-one, he would be brought down below 270 electoral votes. However, Hillary Clinton would also be below 270 electoral votes. The Constitution dictates that we would throw that then to the House, where they would vote on uh, the top three electoral vote candidates, which would be our candidate, Romney, and, uh, or excuse me, Trump and uh, Clinton. Um, Because the Republicans own the majority of the state delegations, barring a complete electoral disaster here, because it's the incoming House that would actually vote on this, they would vote. And is there a chance that they would pick a conservative over a Trump and a Clinton, considering these are the Republicans? Now, I mean, you'd have to find the right candidate, Eric, but it'd have to be someone that the House really likes. Romney being the easiest one because Paul Ryan is the Speaker of the House. So there's an easy connection there. But is there somebody you think that could pull that off or is at least worth trying as an insurance policy in case Trump does something really crazy at the last minute? Oh, you know, listen, I, I, I'm a student of American politics, and I just think it would be fun to do something like that. I, I like the <laughs> idea. Um, frankly, I, I would probably broaden it, uh, because at, at this point, I think the Republicans need to have their nose rubbed in Trump's nomination uh, and, and finding a Republican who beats Trump in more states than just those three. I, I would relish the idea. Now, the odds are the House of Representatives, even if the Republicans keep control of it, they're spineless enough that they'll mm-hmm. go with the person who has the most yes. electoral college votes, um, which is probably mm-hmm. going to be Clinton. But, I mean, you can't say that you're denying Trump victory when you're only going after him in Republican states. And listen, if Republicans in those states would rather someone else, well, then the Republicans need to take a clue that they pick the wrong guy. It's true, well, Eric. I, I think because you because the Republican House is going to you think they would vote for Clinton over Trump, even if Clinton ha- had uh, more electoral votes than Trump. Spineless. Yeah, I, yes. I listen. I, I never, ever, ever underestimate the Republican House's ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that because because the, the will of the people is a serious problem with this because people would say, well, you know, Donald Trump got X million. It's not votes. only that, it, Eric. How do you put? How do you? How do we put? an alliance back together? How do you stitch conservatives and libertarians and people back together? I mean, I I don't know that we're going to be able to whether we have another candidate or not after this. Uh, You know, listen, all the people who supported Trump in the primary are mad at the establishment. They they hate the Republicans in Washington. Whether Trump wins or loses, those are going to be the Republicans still in charge. And Donald Trump has already said he's perfectly happy cutting deals with those people because he likes them. 
Okay, real quick, talk to me about the uh, Red State Gathering. Who's going and, and what's the purpose? I know I'm going to be there. Yeah, but well, tell people I will what... be there as well. Um, and so I started the Red State Gathering now, I guess, nine years ago, and it was just a way to get online conservative activists together in person to meet face-to-face. And, I mean, we, our very first year, we had uh, Ted Cruz there and Marco Rubio there and Nikki Haley there. We're going to have a, a lot of them back this year. In fact, this will be the first year Nikki Haley can't be there because her kids start college. But, I mean, we're going to have an all-star lineup of Republicans around the country. Republicans? Well, Republicans, I do believe we also have extended an invitation to Gary Johnson for him to be there. This will be the the non-Trump faction. You know, at last year's Red State Gathering, I uninvited Trump at the last minute after his Megyn Kelly blow up. So we're not going to have a lot of Trump supporters there. It'll be a safe space for Republicans who don't care for him. (laughs) Well, good. We need safe spaces. Wait a minute. So you offered to Johnson, and he's not even answering that invitation? Listen to that. That's right. That's right. I got an email chain yesterday that they were trying to reach out to him and, and hadn't mm. heard from him. That's what the exactly. hell is this guy doing? He's got 13% of the vote and no one can get him to respond. We want to win. Uh, Greg Abbott, Carly Fiorina, Ben Sass, Ken Cuccinelli, I will be there. Um, it's a three-day gathering. Make sure you find out about it. Redstategathering.com. Come. It is August 12th through the 14th. These are the, these are the people that stick together. Uh, because we'll be the leader of the conservative movement, the next chapter as we move on. Eric, thank you very much. Eric Erickson from theresurgent.com and redstate.com. You work hard for your money and keep your family safe. You want the best security system for your home, but you don't want to be ripped off. That's why Simply Safe exists. They know that the big home security companies are trying to bribe you with a free system, and they turn around and they charge you 40, 50, or 60 bucks a month for years. They are paying for that free system or those free parts of that system 10 times over. Simply Safe is different. They'll save you money. Monitoring is $14.99 a month. There's no contract. It's easy to install. There's no wiring. You own the system. You can take it with you if you move. And right now, Simply Safe is the security system that's in my daughter's home for the protection that we trust. SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now and you'll get a 10% exclusive offer. 10% off SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Throughout history, progressives have been murderers, terrorists, torturers, and slavers. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck helps you understand the why and how behind the progressive movement. Liars, available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Hey, uh, I want to remind you that next week here at the Mercury Studios in Las Colinas, we have, a, uh, we have our museum. only opens once a year. It's three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can find ticket information at liarsorliberty.com, liarsorliberty.com. Glenn Beck. Mercury.
Uh, I've got a... I've got some amazing stuff to put together with uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia that America must have this conversation. This is a conversation that is four times as important as the puppet master, uh, you know, that we did with George Soros and how it opened people's eyes. And they said, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. He's controlling this. You have to understand what is happening with Russia. And we've been doing research on this for about two years Tonight, we're going to start putting it together at 5 o'clock. I'm going to give you a little sneak on this. Um, But there are questions that have to be answered and audio and video that you need to see. Remember when the president said, uh, hey, after the election, I'll have a little more latitude and, and the right went crazy? You have to pay attention to what the truth is on what Russia is doing as they are playing into our politics and trying to be a puppet master of our politics. We'll go into that a little bit. And also, Pat has been threatening something. He won't tell us what it is. We go there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me just give you some headlines. And these are, these are just headlines in the last couple of days from Business Insider. It looks like Russia hired internet trolls to pose as pro-Trump Americans. It, this is a very well-documented story. Yeah, we had that a while ago, right? Well, this is new. We know that the New York Times did a story um, about a year or two ago that showed that they, they had actually infiltrated. This blew our mind. We didn't know about it until we read about it in the front page of the New York Times. That, the, that, the Russian, that Vladimir Putin was paying for trolls to pose as Blaze fans and Blaze subscribers and comment on the Blaze. You remember that? On, on the Blaze.com. So like they would take pro-Russia views in the comments under the stories on the Blaze. Right. This is Cass Sunstein 101. Pose as people that are part of this group. Now, we thought it was amazing that they were doing this to the Blaze. There was one other. Was it the New York Times? Who else were they doing it there to? There several sites. The Blaze was one of them. I think there was I know they four. I thought, I thought they cited two. I can go back and find Yeah, them. go back and find It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's, it, they were, that's what they were doing two years ago. Now, the agency. Right. Yes. 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 Now, the, the New Yorker um, and the New York Times magazine uh, has come out with more. Uh, they have a, a long list of uh, Russian trolls that they were researching, and they are they have the troll names, and they have gone back and they have looked and seen that these trolls, Russian trolls, have developed um, uh, Facebook pages to appear as conservatives, and they are now pro-Trump conservatives. And they are, um, they have developed fake accounts and they have a lot of the tweets that came out. And this is also 
something that they have done. Um, uh, this, this also goes hand in hand with the reports that uh, Donald Trump hired bots from the Soviet or from Russia to be his his Twitter uh, force. Now that's not illegal. Nobody is charging that Donald Trump is doing this. This is Vladimir Putin that is doing this. Uh, Then there is another shades of Cold War, how the DNC fabricated a Russian hacker conspiracy to deflect blame for its email scandal. Now, this one is from Salon. And this one is amazing because this one is saying, this is Joseph McCarthy. They're red baiting you. And And Salon, in this particular article, is trying to say all of this is trumped up. All of, no, so to speak, all of this, it's a pro-DNC article. All of this stuff is just to try to make you fear Russia. And it's Joseph McCarthy all over again. What are we going to next have trials? This is trying to make you not fear Russia. And they're saying communism. I'm not afraid of communism. I'm afraid of corruption. I'm afraid of Vladimir Putin's authoritarianism. Uh, why experts think that uh, Russia hacked the DNC emails. Exploring the circumstantial ties between Donald Trump and Russian political interests. This one is truly amazing. Um, this one is from the Washington Post. And it, it ties in Guccifer. Do you remember him? Uh, Guccifer. Um, it ties in uh, uh, Cloud Strike. It ties in um, what is happening about with, with the with NATO and how Russia is targeting anyone who is holding up NATO and helping anyone who takes down NATO. What happened um, during the convention with Donald Trump and his people when they were saying, "Hey, we've got to we have to have a strong stance against Russia." And, uh, and, and protect the Baltic states, especially Crimea. And Donald Trump's people, strangely, according to the GOP, were like, no, 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 let's, let's soften our language here on Russia. And there is, there is something going on um, here. Um, we're going to show you tonight... The Russia link and how they are meddling in the 2016 race. And it is beyond Vladimir Putin. And we will show you how it's happening all over the world and who it's happening with. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about freedom itself. And I'm begging you, if you ever put any, if you ever put any credibility into me or you ever thought that I had any credibility at all on the chalkboards. Many people don't, but this audience always has. And I have always said, do your own homework. But we are in a time now where people are just shouting people down. I'm begging you, please do not be the people that the Obama people were. Please. This is not about getting Donald Trump elected This is not about getting um, uh, Hillary Clinton elected or in the dustbin. This is truly about the truth of what is happening. If we can admit the truth, 
then we can start looking to the future and say, what do we do about that? But people on both sides of the aisle do not want to deal with this, and it is really important that we do. But who are the honest brokers There's of our day? Too few of them. Too few honest brokers. I, I mean, some of the brokers in the on the on the right uh, are unbelievable of late. Ever since this Trump thing blew up, I I don't understand what's going on with you know like Tucker Carlson, uh, Sean Hannity. With how do you, on the one hand, you bash, berate, and demonize Ted Cruz, and then on the other hand. Uh, how could Bernie Sanders not stick to his principles? <laughs> how does he come out and endorse you? Well, that is disappointing. Did you hear? I, I, I've heard the Tucker Carlson. Is this what you have? Yes. Is this what you were going yeah. for? I've heard the Tucker Carlson and I've heard the Sean Hannity. It is jaw dropping. Unbelievable I honestly, to me. And I say this as a friend of Sean Hannity's. I don't know how he sleeps at night. I, I really don't. If you listen to this, I don't know how he, and he's got to have some justification in his head. He's, I know I'd love him. to know what it is. I'd like to get him yeah. on and ask him, what's yeah. your justification I, for I, this? I'd like to know what the, what the hoop is that he's jumping through because this is truly dramatic. And Reince Priebus is another one. Do you have the Reince Priebus? It just got the Priebus in. Okay, so Priebus is Priebus another one. talking about, uh, about how Hillary's the nominee on false pretense. Yeah, and... And, and how people need to vote in the DNC, how people need to vote their conscience. When they he literally said, conscience vote, vote your conscience. Yeah. <laughs> the That's delegates unbelievable. have to vote their conscience. Where last week he said he was the guy stopping the vote of conscience. It's amazing. That's nothing. Listen to this. I thought Ted Cruz, I, I think he blew it. I, if I had been Bernie Sanders, what a, I would have gotten up what and said a, what a, let me gutless coward he was tonight. Okay. What a gutless so, coward Bernie Sanders. Ted Cruz blew it. But Bernie Sanders is a gutless coward? After Ted Cruz stood against all the party leaders, Establishment. Everything. The whole establishment. And whole world. Refused to, and didn't say anything bad about Trump. No. Just refused to endorse him. Just refused to go against his principles. He blew it. But Bernie Sanders is a gutless As coward. As I pointed out last night in Possible. the TV show, that because I said Bernie Sanders is going to endorse, but here's what Bernie Sanders said. If you listen to Bernie Sanders, what Bernie Sanders said was, she came to me and she brought me in and said, what can we do? And now we have the most progressive agenda in the history of the country. So he and his supporters... They were brought in. Now, his supporters didn't want to go in. His supporters agree with Sean Hannity. He was a gutless coward. They are mad at him, and they are even more mad at Elizabeth Warren. Um, But they both came in. So I agree. The one thing I could have always said about Bernie Sanders is he's a man of principle, and he says what he means and means what he says. He proved Monday night he doesn't. He doesn't. Right. So he is a gutless coward. But, but Bernie Sanders' speech at the DNC was the exact model Trump defenders were looking for from Cruz. Right. They wanted that exactly. Right. Yes. They wanted a guy who would come out. And, and I don't think Sanders was incredibly passionate about his no. endorsement. But he gave the he endorsement. Said. He said, stand, I stand with him. He did. He did what he was told. 
He gave in he to did. the party, and he did what he was told. And that's what Hannity said. That he does what he's told. He does what the, what the party tells him to, which is exactly what he didn't want him to do. But he did want Ted Cruz to cave in and, and do what and, he I don't know how you make that's that. That's unbelievable. I don't know how you make that leap. Unbelievable. Because that says to me that one is only about politics. And not it's only, only how, about politics. How do you sleep oh. at night, but how did your audience let you get away with that? Well, he was not. I mean, believe, this on. was all over Twitter. The same people who were critical of Cruz were absolutely as critical of Bernie Sanders for, for doing what they wanted Cruz to do. I've had two very large media people who I have not been on with, very large media people, say to me off air, I cannot believe you. And I'm like, well, why? I'm telling you. No, no, no. I know you are. I just can't believe that out of everybody that we have trashed over the years and is a populist in our eyes, that you are the one who's not the populist. Because we're the one. They all expected they all expected at the convention for people like Ted Cruz or people like me or Eric Erickson or Ben Shapiro to fold. To just cave. Right. And be the cowards. They they cannot the, the media cannot compute that. They're like, wait a minute. Even our side is doing that, and we know that it's you're a spineless coward. They disagree with Bernie Sanders, but they want to win. And Ted and, and Tucker Carlson did the same thing. You don't endorse Trump. You don't want to be with Trump. Don't show up. Bernie Sanders turned out not to be a revolutionary, but an obedient little party guy who does what he's told. And so you, how you sad think he was, was wrong to do that? Well, I think he betrayed the ideals of the people who supported him, and I think he <laughs> revealed himself again not as a free wow. thinker or someone who's bigger than politics, you, but as someone who's just a, a puppet of people in power. It's not like how one of these it? things happened <laughs> seven years ago, right. and the other happened last week or this week. What, four one happened away? last week. One happened this week. Are and it's the same. Me? It's and exactly it's the same. same. Exactly. And they're both saying Tucker Carlson. I heard him on Monday saying, "If Bernie Sanders, oh, if Bernie Sanders endorses Hillary Clinton, uh, it's going to be a nightmare. I'll, I'll have lost all respect for him." What? What? <laughs> what? And we know now why. We know now why Tucker Carlson was, t- was the one leading the way against me at Facebook. Why he was the guy who took it on to be the anti-Glenn guy at Facebook. <laughs> oh, no. Because he's clearly no just a party guy. And he was one of the guys who said, you know, maybe we should have quotas at Facebook. Maybe we should count the number of conservatives and you should balance your staff out with conservatives. Yeah, because conservatives we have... love quotas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I cannot... Uh come up with a defense for Tucker Carlson on that? No. I mean, if you want to give Sean Hannity the benefit of the doubt here, you could say that Sean, you know, I, I think Sean legitimately likes Trump. Oh, he does. He legitimately likes him. He, he, legitimately, Unlike, he legitimately believes in Donald Trump. Yeah. And so why, said to me, I don't know why either. Right. But he has been honest with me on that. He's like, Glenn, yeah. I, I, I know him. He's not the guy you think he is. And I think so he's been legitimate, at least to me, he has said, I, I like him. I trust him. And right. so he's at least being honest on that. And I think maybe he's, you know, the ends sort of justify the means. He thinks that the Trump presidency would be so much better than a Hillary presidency. He which does. you know, uh, And he absolutely does. He absolutely believes that. And so, you know, we need to make sure that this happens. And the best available argument at both of those times was Cruz did something bad and Bernie did something, uh, and Bernie did something bad by not going uh, I don't know I mean, how you do that. I don't. I mean, that's either. not. You know, how you make any that. sense? But I mean, I think no. that's probably what he's thinking. Is he really thinks it's important Donald Trump wins this election. 
Well, yeah. So he's doing whatever he has to do. Um, to me, I, you know. But you don't have to do that. You yeah, really might, don't have to destroy the other side. You really don't. You don't have to, if, if you're, if, if, I mean, the smart thing to do is try to invite the conservatives in. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have the ear of the guy to say, look, don't, Donald, don't, don't do that. Just, he said, support the constitutionalists. Let's, right. he could have easily gone way. on. Yeah, he could, could have easily gone on. gone on and said, hey, what he was saying was support the constitutionalists. I know Donald Trump is the guy. Right, that's, I mean, that's, and I think, honestly, this has been turned into this big moment of, um, uh, standing up for Ted Cruz, and I think it was very difficult to do. Um, you know, for him to come up with that thing, to have a half of it, to have a personal conversation with Donald Trump, to tell him you're not endorsing him, to go in front of that crowd knowing you're not endorsing him, to feel the pressure of people chanting "endorse Trump" and not endorse him. All that's very difficult. But this, the yeah. words in the speech themselves were very tame. I mean, to say that a party would boo you for saying "vote your conscience" is not something seen before in American history, as far as I know. I mean, that's always been, even if you don't believe it, something you say. Being booed when you say support the person who has constitutional convictions. Right. Pretty bad. Uh, bad. So I I mean. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Mark Madsen, uh, he's a senator from Utah. Utah is gone. Utah is gone from the Republican Party. I mean, I don't know how Orrin Hatch and his ilk survive um, because. He always does. I know, I know. 500-year-old cockroach. Listen to this. Mark, beautifully put. Uh, Mark Matson said yesterday, every decision and inclination I have had was reinforced at the GOP convention. I am going to become a libertarian. Um, he said, the current direction of the party makes me want to cry. I have invested a lot in that party. And that's really the problem. We're all investing in a party. Yep. Stop investing in a party. Invest Start in, in the country. In principles. In principles. Now this. The Titanic was thought to be unsinkable, and it sank. You were told you could keep your doctor, and you can't. Some say the stock market has unlimited upside potential. It doesn't. Some say the Fed can prop this up. That the American dollar will never fail. I got news for you. It is the Titanic. Call Goldline. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. It is right for my family. I, I can't imagine it's not right for yours, but you do your own homework on this. And do your homework on why I believe Goldline is the best. They've been in business for 55 years. You don't get that way by mistreating and, and scamming people. You stay in business for 55 years because you are the best and most transparent at what you do. I mean it when I say the country is the Titanic. We've already hit the iceberg. We're damn near at the tipping point. Before this thing splits in half, call Goldline now. Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Stream the show live on iHeartRadio or listen later on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Mercury.
888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Donald Trump just tweeted... He's encouraging oh, he said this. He didn't tweet it. Oh, he said this. Yeah, he said it. Go ahead. Uh, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. You'll be rewarded mightily by our press. He's, he's encouraging, encouraging hacking, hacking of him. our State Department in secrets. This is... The world is upside down. Wow. Don't miss tonight, 5 p.m. Don't miss it. The Blaze TV. To the Glenn Beck program. Mercury. Our Mercury Museum uh, is next week, Liars, the new book about progressivism and progressives and how these lies continue to work, the real true history of progressivism and how did it start? I mean, from the beginning, from Martin Luther um, all the way to today, we tell you stories about Margaret Sanger and, and Woodrow Wilson and LBJ that will peel your skin off your face. They are so horrifying. Pat's read the book already a couple of weeks ago and puts it in the category of arguing of, with idiots or inconvenient book. Oh, yeah, it's a great book. Um, and it is a history book that you, you need to preserve this history because history is written by the winners. And I don't think we're winning this chapter. And you have to preserve it for future generations. Because of that, there's all kinds of stories in there you've never heard. Never heard. You don't know at all. When you hear them, you're like, oh, my God. Gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And you see it repeating exactly right now. Um, you want to defeat Hillary Clinton. You want to get the word out. You want to stop this Marxism, progressivism. You get this book. Because people read this book with history. It's one of those books that you'll read with Google. And you'll be like, that can't be true. You look it up, and there it is. Uh, glenbeck.com slash liars uh, is the place you can get the information. By the way, there's a live signing. It's like a broadcast, kind of like a special show that we'll be tonight. doing today. Or tonight. Uh, it's 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Um, and you can check it out at glenbeck.com slash liars. It's going to be myself, Pat, Jeffy, Glenn. We'll be covering, during that, we'll also kind of be covering the convention. Yeah, Pat will be, because we yeah. don't have to watch it, but Pat does. Yeah. Uh, so he will be watching it and reporting to oh, us yeah, what's I can happening. Do both, like, oh, I think you can. Uh, uh, okay, well then just watch the convention. <laughs> uh, but uh, that is uh, happening tonight. You can get your book. We're going to be calling some uh, fans. Just sign up now. Glenbeck.com, uh, Liars. Also, you can go to liarsorliberty.com if you want to come, if you're anywhere anywhere within you know 300 miles uh it's worth the drive uh to come to see the mercury museum uh as we are getting closer to a real museum and opening a museum up we have some we have some documents that um from franklin uh, benjamin franklin from thomas jefferson and george washington that the three of them i think are worth five million dollars uh, and it, it, they have the archives 
wants them badly, and it's because of what they say. And in these three, you know exactly why we founded this country, and it is something progressives do not want to hear. Um, We have things that have not been on display before. Uh, This is... Uh, new because we've added a cultural a culture section, so we've added some movies and some pop history. Um, how how we f- formed as a nation and the role that the movies played uh, and television played, and so we're we're collecting some things. This is from Michael Crichton's uh, book and from the uh, TV show, or I mean, sorry, the uh, movie Jurassic Park. This is uh, what was that doctor's name? Anybody remember? The, the main doc, the old guy that was played by Richard Attenborough. Mm. Um, this is his cane oh, uh, used Hammond. in Jurassic Park. And we have some other things from Jurassic Park. What was it? John Hammond, right? John Hammond, yeah, Dr. Hammond. So anyway, that's, that's next week as well. So a lot of things happening here, and it is well worth bringing your kids to see the Mercury Museum. And there are just um, uh, regular, you could come in and just get general admission tickets, but also we're doing all kinds of uh, special things where patents doing. Jeffy, you're given a tour. I may be we joining him on that village. one. It's an off-the-beaten-path kind of tour. Is that what that is? Yeah. Off-the-beaten-path tour. Slightly off-the-beaten. Uh, so, in other words, I shouldn't go with you on no, that Probably one. not. Yeah. Um, you're going to be busy. It's too, you're going to be <laughs> right. busy. Well, so we're going to be hanging out all next weekend. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I invite you to our studios. It's kind of like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. We open the gates once a year. Come on in and uh, spend the weekend with us. Uh, that is next week. LiarsOrLiberty.com to get your tickets and all the information. Okay, Pat's got his hand on his audio vault. So you have what? It's just more hypocrisy from the leadership. <laughs> uh, from This one from Reince Priebus, mm-hmm. who, you know, bashed Cruz last week. And, uh, of course, then... Uh, felt differently uh, somehow about Bernie Sanders. Hillary Clinton is their nominee based on false pretenses. And so, huh. I mean, I'm not sure whether they have any mechanism to vote their conscience on the floor and rectify the problem or not. But Love clearly that. these people were That's lied to. Stop, in the most pers- this is what, he's the guy who shut down the vote of conscience. Right. He said, and he's here he's saying, do they have a mechanism? Because, you know, we should have a mechanism. I don't know if they have a mechanism where they can just vote their conscience. Well, he <laughs> shut down the ask for a mechanism to vote your conscience, even though Donald Trump would have won in a landslide still. It's crazy. How do these people? I don't know. You know what, you know what I realized? Four you days know what I realized? Four days. Do you remember? Do you remember how much heat we took? Because when we started on Barack Obama, we were over at CNN. We did all of this process over at CNN. And do you remember how much heat we took when we started talking about Jeremiah Wright and we started talking about his Marxism and, and everything else? We took all kinds of heat. And then after, we were all saying, I was, you were, this entire audience, every Trump supporter was saying, where was the media? Mm-hmm. Where was the media? And we all decided that they loved Trump. I'm sorry, they loved Obama so much, they just wanted him to win that they would not look at anything that was bad. If you called him a Marxist and we could back it up with his own words, they wouldn't look at it because it hurt their their party. The Marxism attack was seen as a racist racist insult when... Just the next president is being elected, 
And half of the party is standing up on the convention floor screaming at the candidate because they won't back the socialist. Um, uh, and instead, they're just backing, you know, the other socialist. But <laughs> I mean, it, it, socialism is mainstream uh, in the party. Marxism. Uh, Bernie Sanders, who is a socialist, an admitted socialist, said they had the most progressive platform in the history of the Democratic Party. Uh, and we were called racist for saying Barack Obama had socialist tendencies, uh, Marxist tendencies. I mean, he actually I think Barack Obama is a revolutionary. Uh, I don't think I think Bernie Sanders wanted to be. I don't think he is. I, I don't think Hillary Clinton is a revolutionary. She is an early 20th century American progressive. That's the best way to describe her, which, if you read the book, Liars is scary as hell. Those were scary, spooky people. Um, and that's the way she describes herself. But I don't believe she's a Marxist revolutionary. I believe that Barack Obama is a Marxist revolutionary. That's Jer- Jeremiah Wright. But remember, here's the point I want to make. The, and Michelle. Oh, yeah. The people were crying out, where is one honest broker in the media? Where were they when there was a time to stop it? Where was anyone ringing the bell? Now those people like Eric Erickson and Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz, those same people who said, where was the media? Where were the politicians? Where were the honest brokers that would stand up and say, hey, this is wrong. This isn't who our party is. Those people you don't want to hear from. No, they're vilified now. I'm sharing something tonight that has nothing to do with Donald Trump. I don't believe that Donald Trump is involved in anything having to do with the DNC break-in. None of it. This has everything to do with Vladimir Putin and who is advising Vladimir Putin and what Putin is using our system right now, playing us like puppets. This is not about Hillary Clinton. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about taking control of the situation and and destroying the United States of America. He is playing us in a way that 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 George Soros couldn't even imagine. And it is happening and we will show it to you tonight at five o'clock. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you my ratings tonight on the blaze will be exactly the same as they already are. Because I don't believe there are enough honest brokers anymore that want to hear the truth, not in this time period. If I show that to you in December, if I show that to you in spring, I show that to you a year from today, people will want to hear it. How come that news didn't come out? Well, it did. Nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody on the right wants to hear it. Nobody on the left wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. The Marxists don't want to hear about authoritarianism from their Beloved Russia and Putin. The left doesn't want to hear that. The right doesn't want to hear how it could help uh, Donald Trump and how he may be like he did today and like he did last week. Knowingly or unknowingly, I have no idea. I would hope that it was unknowingly. But knowingly or unknowingly, he is helping Putin do that. He's encouraging. Today, he encouraged more hacks from the Russians. 
I hope you can find those 30,000 emails. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is an enemy of our country. We should be united on this. But both parties, like Reince, you know, you just asked the question, Pat. Um, how do they sleep at night? How do they sleep at night? They, they sleep at night because they have so compartmentalized their jobs and so compartmentalized their lives into the parties. And yeah, we have yeah. done the same thing. Everything that defines you, are you a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent? Which are you? Well, that doesn't begin to describe me. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know that. I think we've rejected that long ago. thought process a long time ago. A long time ago. I, I haven't cared about the Republican Party probably since at least Reagan and maybe before that. I, I just, you care about a set of principles. And if the Republican Party doesn't represent any of them, what good is it to me? No good. So in, in, my, in my book, Liars, um, we tell a story about um, Bill Ayers. The first time he met. It's a great story. It's unbelievable. It is. Unbelievable. Have you ever heard that story before? I No. Not the no. full story. Not yeah. the, I mean, I knew that they were together. Yes. Yep. I, I, Never heard the full story before. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Sure is. So um, the first time they meet at his house, Bill Ayers gives him some advice and says, and see if you've heard this before from Van Jones, you've got to drop the radical pose for the radical ends. Right. And that's what Van Jones is on record saying. Well, that came from Bill Ayers, and that advice went to Barack Obama. Look, I know you're a radical. We're all radicals. But what I learned from being a terrorist and on the FBI most wanted list for 15 years is we're not going to make it this way. You've got to drop the radical pose and become somebody. And he talks in detail. You, this is how you do it. And he said, the thing we learned is you can't just talk about the bad things. You have to talk about the good things. You have to present hope. Does that sound familiar? This advice came in, I think, 95 or 97. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, you have to present hope. Well, hope and change. Now, the question is, last week, the Republicans did a great job in identifying the problems and scaring the hell out of you because... What they said last week on the stage was true, was true. Those things are coming. This party in the last two nights has not talked about radicalized Islam. There was one mention of that. There was one mention of the police doing a good job, but it was all again victimhood. But what did they do for the last two nights? They've talked about victims and then they've, took, and they've talked about their Marxist policies, which couldn't be further off the track for America. But nobody's hearing that. What they're hearing is, we're better than this. You can make it. America is great. Tomorrow will be better than today or yesterday. Isn't that the message come you got us. last night? Yes, come with us for the better tomorrow. Yes, Absolutely. the better Stronger tomorrow. Together. Who, which one is America going to embrace? And we line this out psychologically in the last half of this book. We, we go to behavioral scientists. How does this work? Because if you couple fear, even if it's the fear you yourself caused, if it is the trouble that you yourself caused, and I think you could say ISIS 
is directly related and caused by this administration. Even if that is the cause, all you have to do is come back and say, but you know what? You come with us because we're going to keep you safe. And people are dying to hear that. Republicans better wake up fast. Now this. Hard enough to leave Vegas with more money in your pocket than when you arrived, but then this happens. Somebody put a, a, on a casino's payment card system uh, a, a, some malware, and they put it on so when you swiped your card, it was actually sending all the data to identity thieves. Casino officials discovered the breach after a lot of customers said, hey, uh, are you using our cards? That's when they started going through all of the systems and found that somebody had installed this uh, malware. Identity theft is America's fastest growing crime. And again, Putin is behind a lot of this. He is trying to collapse us and rot us to the core. Pay attention to him. Identity thieves will use your information to steal everything that you have, including your retirement, your bank accounts. LifeLock is a must. I remember when this first started happening in the 90s, and I thought, who needs that? You must have this now. No one can protect all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the best. Membership starts at $9.99 a month, plus taxes, 800-440-4936, 1-800-440-4936, lifelock.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Pat and Stu are up on most of this network next, uh, and we'll see you tonight at 5 o'clock on the Blaze TV, an absolute don't miss show about progressivism, how to beat Hillary, and what happened with Russia. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.